Um, you know, in prison, there's a lot of boundaries that are separated by, you know, race and gangs, you know, things like that. I can tell you this, when you're walking with a dog on a leash, they don't exist for you anymore. Dog lovers, thank you for coming back to Rescue by a Dog, the podcast about dogs that have actually saved their owners' lives. I am Laura, author of the novel Not Just a Dog and host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Nature Naws, making 100% natural dog chews that are single ingredient and rawhide free for your fur family. One thing I love about this company is that they are four ocean plastic neutral certified and they're helping to literally remove plastic from the ocean. They're a family owned business, oven baking simple, natural and delicious chews and treats to promote dental health and relieve anxiety for pups. Check out naturenaws.com, that's nature, G-N-A-W-S.com to learn more about their products, including a monthly subscription box and use coupon code PUP20 for 20% off your next order. Now, in this final episode for season three, I'm excited to bring you a story of transformation from Brian, who was in prison for second-degree murder when a dog named Flynn changed his life and guided him down the path toward redemption. Hello? Hi, Brian. How you doing? I'm good. Can you see me and hear me well? I can hear you, but I can't see you. Okay. Uh, We didn't get it, unfortunately. That's okay. No worries. The most important thing is the audio. I've done it this way before. Okay, I, that's, that's amazing. Let's start off by you telling me what dog we're going to talk about today. Okay, so we're going to be talking about four-year-old Flynn. Um, he's the, the dog that I did train in positive change and my family ultimately adopted. He's a German Shepherd mix. Um, he's the Channing Tatum of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call him around here. <laughs> I love that. Can you tell me what is positive change? What the program consists of is a group of uh, 20 men. This is when I first did it was in 17, 20 men, seven dogs. Everybody that participated in the positive change program are incarcerated citizens. Um, just like myself, um, they paired two men up to train a dog. And they strategically paired um, these individuals up based on the extreme differences that they have with each other, like whether it be ethnic background, whether it be uh, a gang affiliation, like they consciously put um, individuals together that generally are not at the same time to, to train this dog together, which is just the genius of the program. So you spend 14 weeks with these dogs. Um, the trainers come in every Wednesday, Zach. Scow, John Flores, Leah Marquez, like amazing, amazing trainers. They would um, teach us some techniques, assign us some homework, come back the following Wednesday and assess the situation. And we'd repeat that for the 14 weeks. At the time that I did become a part of the positive change program, I had been in prison at that point for 26 years. Um, At the age of 16, I and five of my friends were convicted of a second-degree murder. We were charged as adults, and I received a 20-years-to-life sentence for that. Um, this was at a period in my life when um, I, was, I was running with the wrong crowd. I had involved myself in gangs. I was struggling with, uh, with a drug addiction. I, I was in really bad shape in my life at that point. And yeah, we went to a a party one evening and a a big fight occurred and 
I got hurt, other people got hurt, and ultimately a man lost his life that night. It, it, it was a very, very tragic situation that um, I could, I'm so remorseful for, and, and it's a huge part of what drives me today to be an asset to my community. Um, I had not touched um, or been in any proximity to a dog in almost 28 years at that point until Zach Scow walked onto the yard with that pit bull. What was what was your life like right before you met Len? Okay, so um, a few years before I actually entered the positive change and met Flynn, I had decided that I was going to make some serious personal changes in my life. Um, you know, I wanted to represent, you know, the child that my grandparents and, and my mother raised. So I began going to college, taking college classes, um, taking business classes. Um, I would attend a lot of religious services um, on the weekends. I was more conscious of the music I listened to. And so I was really open to new things, to, to hope and change and redemption. And I wanted to come home and you know, be a stand-up member of my community and a, and a good family man. So I walked in, I saw a positive change sign up on the wall, and I was thinking, how the heck are they going to let dogs in prison? Like, I, it was unheard of. It was unheard of, especially the prison that we were at, which was like a real dangerous situation. But I signed up because, you know, I'm open to, to things like this at that time. And I thought, wow. So about two weeks later, I see this guy walking across the yard with a pit bull. And it was the most amazing thing. I literally saw about 300 men just come to dead quiet. And they just were watching because some of these men haven't seen a dog in like 30 plus years. Like, and he walked up and I was like, that's the dog thing. So I like, I made a beeline. I walked straight over to Zach. I said, Hey Zach, my name is Brian. Like I signed up for your program. And he said, we're excited to have you. Like, uh, I would love for you to be in the program. And I shared a little bit about myself. And I said, hey, do you mind if I, if I pet this dog? And he said, yeah. I get emotional, like, when I talk about this because, like, I went down, like, and I just pet this dog, like, for the first time. And, like, I've said before, the only way I can describe it, it was it, like a spiritual experience. Like, it, it was it, like my grandmother used to call him God winks, you know, when things happen. It was almost like confirmation to me, like you're on the right path, you know, because it, it, it's hard to travel the path. I was I was traveling in prison like I was being a stand up citizen, like I, I was, you know, being a good person and like refusing to participate in anything negative. And sometimes that's difficult in there to do that. That's not always the coolest thing in that environment. But I did it, and I, and I felt proud of myself, and my family was proud of me. So when I pet this dog, a spiritual experience, like, and it was, it was, it was, the ironic part was the dog had a big scar on the top of his head. And I says, man, hey, Zach, how did, um, how did that happen to this dog? He said, well, his former owner hit him on top of the head with a hammer, oh. you know? Yeah, and I shared with you in my prior life that, that, you know, I was running in gangs and stuff like that. I had been hit in the head with a hammer before in a fight. I, I surely did not have the scar that dog did, but it, it was just the irony of it all, like just added to the situation. But I learned in that moment, just in that short moment with Zach, I says, wow, I'm surprised this dog is so friendly. And he said, that's the thing about dogs. They don't hold resentments. They don't hold grudges. They're, they're open to new days. And 
that that was mind blowing to me at that time. It was mind blowing. So, you know, Zach moved on to the next people, but who would have thought in that moment that I would have found like, like my brother, my mentor, you know, one of my greatest friends. And I would have found my passion for life, which was, was dogs. So a month after that is when I met Flynn. He was three months old. You know, they brought the seven dogs in and, you know, I remember saying such, he's a handsome little guy. So I remember thinking like, I hope I get that one right there. It's just a confident, well-built tan, you know, a little bit of white stripe, like a dark, like a, a dark tan. Yeah. He has that, his little beauty mark, like most shepherds do right there by their nose. So ultimately when they assigned Flynn to me, it was, it was such a great moment. So the trainers would come in. I stood about 10 feet away as I was assigned to him at that point, me and another gentleman. Um, and I remember I kneeled down to call him to me. I don't remember who it was, which trainer it was, but they said, this moment is going to be just as special for him as it is for you. And I remember saying, come here, Flynn. And he came to me. Oh, oh my gosh. Like the, the, the healing, you know, involved in the moment, like the, the, like it brings out the best in you. Like it, it was such an amazing moment. Like it's, it's like moments that, you know, people chase their whole lives. You know, I was in search of that my whole life. And here's the ironic part. Here's another part is, um, you know, my grandmother had died, um, about four or five years before that. And my grandmother was the love of my life. So it was the most, you know, brutal experience. So, and I remember, like, I made this connection years later. The love that I felt with Flynn, the unconditional love he showed me, the only person that ever matched that was, like, my grandmother. That's why I say healing. When I say healing, like, just an amazing moment. This is day one of the program. And there's, there's many guys here that were, I'm sure, feeling the same, you know, if not similar, you know, emotions and feelings. So my only history about Flynn was that he was rescued somewhere in Fresno. Um, it took, he was in some kind of garage. It took three hours to, I guess, get him out, to coax him out. He would only take, when I met him, he would take about five steps. He would roll over and lay down. So he wasn't, he couldn't really, he wasn't really walking. We're just um, training them to be canine good citizens, which is, um, you know, basic, basic behavior. Um, you know, sit, come, stay, you know, don't jump up and, and grab my food, place, we do crate work, we do leash technique. So my partner was a, was an African-American man from Oakland, which is, you know, in Northern California. And um, we had met for the first time. I'd seen him around a lot, you know, but we just traveled in different circles, did different things. But, you know, great guy. I said, okay, we're going to train this dog together. I'm glad, glad to be on board. Looking forward to working with you. So positive change. What they did was they assigned us um, <clears throat> a document which outlined our daily activities. Six o'clock, cell door opens. You go, you take the dog out, um, half hour bathroom break. Uh, you put them in the runs outside, go back, prepare their meals. Like every moment of the day was regimented. So you, we each were assigned one of those and we go to our partners and I'll say, Hey, 
I work in the kitchen in the afternoon. How about you walk Flynn, take care of him in the morning. When I come back from the kitchen at two, I'll get him from you and you can go do whatever you got to do. So you, you got to work your daily schedules out, which was awesome. So my favorite part was 10 o'clock till about 1145, which was outside. We had a, like a, a cool little park area um, set up, which was right there on the prison yard. But um, there was a gate that separated. But when we walked the dogs, we could walk them out onto the prison yard, onto the general population. And you just meet these people that like, um, you know, in prison, there's a lot of boundaries that are separated by, you know, race and gangs, you know, things like that. I can tell you this, when you're walking with a dog on a leash, they don't exist for you anymore. I was everywhere. People would beckon me over there. Hey, come over here. Hey, I had a dog like this and we'd share dog stories. And I can't tell you how many times I have a guy say, hey, I haven't touched a dog in 30 years, man. Can I pet your dog? And in that moment is to see like a man pivot and begin to slowly change his life. It's just like the first part of it. It ripples across the entire yard onto the officers. It, it, it does so much work, you know? I mean, when you, when you go into, which sometimes can be harsh and, and, you know, really strong environments and you introduce seven rescue dogs, we can all identify with wanting to need a second chance and being rescued and being neglected and unloved. Like those were all the things that led me into this gang culture in the first place was feeling neglected and abandoned and unloved. So for me to be able to like learn about myself and gain my confidence and turn around and rescue a dog that I like, I, I feel like I know what you're going through, you know, but we're saving each other. That's the great thing. From 6 a.m. until 8.45, they can be in our cell where we choose to take them um, for whatever training or whatever assignment we have that day. When they do sleep in the, in the evening, it's just in a crate about 10 feet away from our cell doors. We'd wake up, I, we'd wake up early and, and we'd, you know, we'd clean up the area, but when we would look through the, the window of the cell, Flynn would just be right there waiting. You could hear his tail hitting the, hitting the crate. And like They knew. They knew the times and... It, it was it was amazing. It was such a beautiful thing. You know, he was a really nervous, really timid dog, but he was also really playful. So what I wanted to do was bring him out. And I remember writing down, I said, I want his tail to, to be high. I want his nose to be up. I want him to trot and be proud. Um, I wanted to grow with him. I wanted to, like, build a bond um, with, this, with this dog. So I remember the first week, I just... You know, I, I'd get his leash and we just walk around. We just walk around meeting people, talking to people, sharing stories and just introducing to people. And me and him, it, it was just like an immediate, immediate connection, like from the start. And one of the things, too, it's, you know, uh, exercise, discipline, affection, usually in that order. And they know. I know I played guilty multiple times of way too much affection, especially in the beginning. I'm starved to love. He's starved to love. Like, so I was breaking that rule all over the place in the beginning. And it's funny. I, they, they used to always get on me for that. But it's, it was so hard. He's always, um, he very quickly became really an outgoing dog. 
um, super playful. He was so popular on that facility right there. Everybody knew who he was. So when I signed up for the program, you know, I, I would regularly visit uh, my mom. My sister would come and they're dog lovers. They have dogs of their own. So they were so excited about it. So the second I was assigned Flynn, they, they, you know, they hadn't seen him. They didn't know anything about him. They says, what do we got to do to adopt him? Uh, I've been away. I've been incarcerated at, at this point, 25, 26 years. So just the thought at this time of me spending these 14 weeks with this dog, uh, rehabilitating him, training him, and then sending a piece of me home to my family was like, we were so in love with that idea. So they immediately did the paperwork to adopt Flynn. I can tell you the day that, um, the day after he was gone, there's an emptiness that was so deep inside of me seeing that empty crate. Cause I hadn't received love like that my entire life. I don't think I've ever received a level of love that this dog gives me from anyone. So I had been waiting and working like that was, a, you know, I want to come home to my family. I want to be a good member of the community, but I wanted to get back to that dog. Um, when he got home, um, they loved it. He loved it. You know, he's, man, he's, he's such a huge part of, of our home, you know, such a huge part of our home. He's the most amazing dog gets in all kind of trouble, but you know, that's our guy. We love him. He brings, he's brought like so much joy and laughter to our family. Six months later, I, I re-signed. When they left, I said, you guys got to let me do the next one. You got to let me do it. So I did the next one. Um, that time I had a dog named Sheldon, who's also right here next to me. <laughs> My mom and them adopted him as well. What type, what does Sheldon, Sheldon look like? Oh, Sheldon's a little terrier. Um, my nickname for him is dumpster Shelly because he, I like, yeah, I like when his hair is all messy and all that. Yeah. He's, he's such a great dog. He's a really just quiet. Um, he strikes me as, a um, uh, like an old, just an old Englishman. Um, I ultimately got out of, um, prison. I, the, the last program positive change I did the last time I saw Flynn was, maybe November of 2018. And I got out of prison on July 15th, 2022. Four years. Four years later. So um, I walked into the house. Uh, I have the video of it. Uh, I walked into the house. He just like walked up. He spent about 10 seconds and then just went nuts. Went crazy. He was jumping all over. Like, yeah, he knew. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. So I was just so grateful. I'm so thankful. My life is committed to dogs in any form that, that I can help them, whether it be training, rescue, um, dog sitting, I don't care. You know, they're just, they, they have to be a part of my life. They're a part of my healing. Like I, I, not a day goes by that I'm not surrounded by them, you know? So like emotionally, it's it, it was it's unmatched 
you know, the level of healing and joy and peace that I have, the drive and ambition in life and just to want to continue to do the right thing and be the best man that I can be. So much of it is attributed to that dog. Our walks are such a central part of my life and to, to come to wake up five in the morning, take him for a nice, you know, two mile jog or something and, you know, do some place work or, you know, just a little leash work with them. And to think like, this is exactly what we were doing on a prison yard. It's such a beautiful thing. Like my level of gratitude is overwhelming. The other day I went with a, a fellow trainer named Didante Farmer. I was in the positive change program with him and he started his own business and he goes, Hey man, I want you to come on a, a training session with me. I need a dog. And I was going to bring Flynn, but he, the Uber driver would only allow a smaller dog. So I brought Sheldon. But it was probably my, the most proudest moment I've ever had in my life for a dog was to see a dog from the Positive Chain program going to help socialize another dog. Um, it, it, this was maybe three days ago. I had Flynn on leash and we're walking down the street and there were three other dogs who were just barking across the street, going crazy to run at him. He just walking nice and slow, looked at them, looked at me, just kept going straight ahead. And I was so proud of him. I said, that's my boy, you know. This dog will literally, it's so funny. He like hugs you like, okay, he sleeps at the end of my mom's bed. So I, in the morning I'll come in and I'll lay on the bed and I'll lay my head by his and he lifts up his paw and he puts it around your neck. <laughs> very happy dog. Very happy dog. If Flynn could understand human English, what would you like to say to him? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It would just be simple. Like, I would just convey my love. Like, I believe as a spiritual person that, you know, God puts people in situations in your place. In this case, for me, it was animals. It's, it's one of the best moments of my life. It's up there. He's, you know, and to be out here with him too, I just tell him I love him. Just tell him I love him. 